0: Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome once again, listeners, as we've been going through some Psalms in the month of June We come now to Psalm 17, a prayer of David. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths, my feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings, from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion, eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him, Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure, they are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied. Hard times make believers pray. We recognize that. That might help us to understand one of the reasons why God brings difficulties into our lives. Because he wants us to pray. He wants us to put our lives and our situations into his hands. That's what faith does, and that's what God is after. That his children live every day by faith in him. David was in trouble. He doesn't say what the problem was. But there are things about the way David speaks that suggest... He was a victim of false accusations. That's always a tricky business, because it's one person's word against another's. That's one of the terrible things about slander and false accusations. How do you defend yourself? All you can say is, I didn't do what he says I did. David took his case to the Lord. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. someone's telling lies about you it helps to know that god knows the truth but that could be a bit of a double-edged sword when you think of what that means that god knows all the truth about you suddenly that might not be such a comfort because then he knows your sin too but david wasn't worried about that he says you have tried my heart you have visited me by night you have tested me and you will find nothing I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. James says in James 5 or 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power. When we seek the Lord and fear him, and we want to serve him and do what's right with all our hearts, that's righteousness. We can't ask for God's blessing while we're living in sin. But when we walk with Him in real, open fellowship, we may certainly expect His blessing. Because God is righteous. Because God calls us His children, and He keeps the covenant that He made with us. That's what David says. I call upon you, for you will answer me. O God, incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Show your steadfast love. You are the Savior of those who seek refuge from their enemies. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from my deadly enemies. David does not say, God, you should listen to me and vindicate me. Stand up for me because I'm innocent. He points to God's character. He speaks about God's steadfast love. He says, I know that you'll listen to me because you promised to. You told me that I am the apple of your eye. The apple of your eye is the pupil. That little dark spot right there in the center of your eye. We're very protective about our eyes. We don't want anything or anyone to to touch them or even come close to them. And that's how God feels about us. Why? Why does God love us? Why would we be the apple of his eye? We have no idea. But we are. And if anyone dares to hurt us, if our enemies think that they can attack us, they've got another thing coming. The Lord is fierce and very protective when it comes to his children. So David has absolute confidence that God will hear him and help him. And he says, God, look at my enemies. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They shut off the voice of their conscience They're so intent on what they want to do to me, they shut you out of their thoughts. And when people forget about God, they start to act like animals toward each other. They act like predators. Lord, you see what kind of people these are. Their reward is in this life. They live for here and now, for what they can see and what they can have right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to show whose side you're on. Maybe it's better to say it this way. I'm asking you to show that I'm on your side. I'm asking you, Lord, to vindicate me because I put my trust in you to stand up for me. Rise up, O Lord. Show your justice. Show your faithfulness. As David goes on, it sounds like it's all personal. Sounds almost like David's trying to get God to wipe out his enemies for David's benefit. But David says there's more at stake here than this. These enemies aren't only threatening me. They're putting their gospel, their faith, against God's truth. They're worldly. They believe that the only things that are worth having and living for are the things we can get and have and uh, right here and now. They're preaching a false gospel and a false salvation. They're preaching the anti-gospel. And so their attack on me is an attack on my faith in God. And it's an attack on the truth of the gospel. And so David says, Arise, O Lord, confront them, subdue them. Vindicate me, because I have put my faith in your gospel, in your promises. And when you vindicate me, you vindicate yourself and your word. We should remember that this psalm is a bedtime prayer. David spoke in verse 3 about God coming to him at night and testing his heart. At so the end of the day, it's time for David to go to bed. When we have problems, that can be a hard time of the day. During the day, we're generally involved in our work or other activities. There are other people around. We're distracted from our worries. But at night, we're by ourselves. And the thoughts start to run through our minds. What's wrong with the way things are in this world? The problems that we have, our minds start to dwell on them. Questions without answers keep running through our minds, and we can't get any rest. Because as wrong as things are, we can't change the way things are. We don't have the power to set things right, and we're afraid. That's what it comes down to. We're afraid God's not going to do it for us. David was in trouble. When believers are in trouble, they pray. David laid it all out before the Lord. He presented his case. He put his trust in the righteousness of the Lord. He reminded the Lord that his enemies were men who rejected the gospel and refused to live by faith in God's promises. If they succeeded, it would look like their gospel succeeded. And he reminded himself again that God is good and God loves his children. We are the apple of his eye. He saves those who take refuge in him. That's who he is. That's what he does. And when David comes to the end, to the amen of his prayer, all of the burdens of his fear and anxiety are lifted. Situations not changed, but now all David can see is the hope of faith. That's what the Lord gives us when we pour out our hearts to him, when we put our lives and situations into his hands. Then we know again what is sure, what can't be doubted. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. When David talks about waking up, we're not sure if he's talking about waking up the next morning, or maybe he's talking about waking up from the sleep of death and seeing God in heaven. Either way, this is how it is for believers. God's face is shining on us. Sometimes there are clouds seem to be in the way, but God's face, like the sun, is shining on us, smiling at us for the sake of Jesus Christ. So we wake up every morning basking in the light and the warmth of his love. That's the truth about our situation. That's our comfort, no matter what the day may bring. And this is also what he's promised us above everything else. In the world to come, We will see him face to face. That's the gospel and our ultimate comfort. Our reward, our joy, our hope, unlike our enemies, is not what we can have or do in this life. This was the difference between David and his enemies. And this is the difference between believers and those who attack us. We put our hope in the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Look to that life. Look to that existence. Because there neither moth nor rust destroy, and thieves don't break in and steal. By faith in the promises, we store up treasure in heaven. We live for then and not for now. Paul says in Romans 8, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. That's the nature of hope. Who hopes for what he already sees or has in his hands? Hope by its nature is waiting for something it doesn't see that it doesn't have yet. But Paul says, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's the spirit and the strength of living by faith. It's true. It's true. We don't yet have what we hope for, and we really hope for vindication. But we wait for it patiently, because God has promised, and it's going to happen. In that expectation, we work, we pray, we live. In that expectation, we sleep, because the Holy Spirit has told us that the prayer of a righteous man has great power. Thanks for listening.